Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. G'day, g'day, it's Glenn here. How are you doing? Just jumping in to let you know that I actually recorded this at the end of January around the Australian Open when I was in Melbourne. It wasn't going to hit the schedule until late Feb, early March, and then COVID happened and it threw out everything, but there's some really good stuff in here, so I hope you learn. And thank you to Sammy from Pursue Wealth in Melbourne, a good friend of mine. And if you are new to the podcast, we do bonus episodes on Thursday, little episodes like this, which is just Q&A and we call them MMA, My Millennial Answers, where either John or myself or myself and a guest, we just answer your questions. So, I hope you are encouraged and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Sam Robinson, how are you? Good. How are you going, guys? We're good. I'm answering on behalf of them. So, Sam is a friend of mine. She's a financial advisor in South Melbourne and I'm looking out the window at, is it Cecil Street and Doricus? Dorcas. Dorcas, whatever. And there's a red, big red door on your old heritage listed building that isn't allowed air conditioning in the meeting room. So, awesome. We want everyone to know where we are. Yeah, totally. All right. So, we're answering your questions today. The first question is from Hong. Where is Sydney on the property cycle? Another boom? Or a few years of stagnant prices? Is it still worthwhile purchasing a new apartment with the oversupply and amount of defects going around? It's a good question, huh? Well, given Sam is a professional about the Sydney property market, I thought, because John isn't here, we'll try and quickly just call him because I'll ask him quickly. It's a good idea. I'm on a call right now. Okay. That's pretty rude. We'll we'll get back to that. He'll call back. So we'll... (laughs) Get back to that. The next question, Anno asks. Is that Anno or Anonymous? Oh, it could be A-N-N-O or Anonymous. Right. We're not sure. We're not sure. I would like some tips on how freelancers manage their money. Now, this is an interesting one, right? Because I feel like freelancers will need to manage their money the same way a small business does. Totally. You know, so you really need to be considerate of how much money you're paying yourself and um, pretty well budgeting like you would personally, but for a business. So I really think people probably try to overcomplicate this one, but but it doesn't need to be as complicated as you think. Yeah. And I think with freelancers, just because you're a freelancer, it doesn't mean that you're not working a lot of hours. Yeah. It just might mean you have a lot of different sources of income, which generally could mean that you've got a less risky job than having one mm. source of income. So I think you're right, Sam, like if you are a freelancer, it doesn't make you a different person. You've still got electricity bill to pay. You still mm-hmm. might have rent or a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So what I would tell people to do is make sure that you've got a small business account yep. that's separate to your personal stuff. 100%. Because freelancers will still have expenses, right, that mm-hmm. they can claim on tax. So yep. we want to just change, I guess, the language, not 
how how do freelancers manage the money, but how do self-employed people manage the money? 100%. I see this all the time. Small business, freelancers, doesn't matter. They're using their business like an ATM. Mm. Every expense goes on the business. They're not actually managing how much that they're moving from their business account or, you know, their, their cash hub within their business across into their personal world. So I really think you need to keep them separate and start paying yourself uh, almost like a salary. Figure out what your base level expenses are and that that's the minimum amount of work, right? Then you kind of have your top up. Anything on top of that, that's your cherry and you start placing that into interesting accounts, shit that you're saving for. Mm. Yeah, so I basically, when I started my business, I had the separate business account, but my goal was to move to a fortnightly payment to Glenn. Yes. And I actually didn't save money in my own personal name. I basically just drew a basic salary to live off and my, cover my bills. And then until I really got the business established, oh, there's five, six grand free in the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to the States next month, then pull that money down. Yep. Oh, 100%. You should be having your spending plan personally and a spending plan within your business, what that looks like, because you are going to have base level expenses. Start on a small salary as such that you're drawing out and then continue to increase that as your profitability increases and your reliance on particular jobs. Yeah, because it it really, I've seen people manage their money poorly as freelancers or self-employed people and they use the the excuse it's too hard because I'm not employed. Or it's lumpy. Yeah. Well, well, we need to smooth out that lump. So if you get a lump 30 grand for a big job, well, don't just take that money and spend it all, leave it in the business account and just drip feed a salary whatever it is, $600 a week, 700 a week, yep. whatever, yep. and just smooth that out. Yep. So that's the only tips that I would have. The same with that though, you should still have like your emergency account, your bills account, all for the business as well. So that on those, you know, the down cycles of where your money's coming through, you can still pay yourself a wage. It's so important. Stop mm. just ripping money out of your, your business account as such. Totally. All right, Samantha. Ooh. Ooh. Are you a Samantha by I am birth, a Samantha. By birth I just feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah. And, and declaration. <laughs> yeah. So Samantha writes in, do you want to read this question? Yeah. Um, Samantha is asking, coming to an agreement with your partner on the best ways to save, given you both have different approaches. <laughs> Rough convo, guys. So like you've coached lots of clients. Yeah. How would you approach this question for Samantha? This is actually one of the most interesting ones to have. First, I would tell you, Samantha, go get a bottle of wine to sit down and discuss this because shit can get heavy when you're discussing how you want to approach money. You might find spender, saver, just literally don't give a shit about finances. So it's about getting your education firstly on the same page as to, okay, what do we know about money? How do we treat it? What do we think about it? How do we feel about money? Because some people find this such a taboo type topic, right? After that, I think it's it's about figuring out, well, what are we doing? Because in terms of what are we aiming for? Because if you don't, one of you is going to say, I want to save more money. Well, what are you saving for? Because you have to inspire the other person, right, to want to do this. Otherwise, saving is not really a motivator for a lot of people. I'm guessing... Samantha, you kind of seem like the the person who's involved in the finances and maybe your partner is not so involved. So you have to almost make it sexy, right? There has to be something that, that turns them on, him, her, whatever, 
as to how you're going to get them involved in the in the money story, right? After that, it depends. Are you joining finances? Is probably a big question. Do you and Josh share personal finances? Yeah, always. We always have, yeah. right from the beginning, right? Shared everything. However, what I will say is that we have our own play money mm. because I don't want to have to justify when I want to go out and buy whatever clothes I want to buy. And if he wants to go out with the boys, that's completely fine. But what we know is that's play money for yourselves, do what you want, don't really care. At the end of the day, it's not stuffing up the financial strategy that we have. Yeah, or if you spend $50 on, I don't know, getting your nails did, I don't know, how mm. much does that cost? Yeah, no, 50 Yeah, sweet. So if you spend $50 on that and he spends $50 on a small pack of nose beers, no, joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Josh, if you're listening. No, that was a joke, everyone. Back joking. off. So I guess because you've got the your savings plan and your goals nailed, whether he spends $50 on that or you spend $50 on that, it actually doesn't move the needle, as you said, because we've allocated it and there's a structure and systems in place. And then it stops arguments, right? So it depends where you're in your relationship also. Some people like to then start going next level and start percentaging out how much that they're contributing to each bill. Starts getting super complex. I would avoid this where possible. Just because one of you earns more money, it's either we're in it together or we're not. Yeah, or we're flatmates with benefits. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's, mm. it's yeah, how, how far do you want to take this? If you're genuinely joining finances, even playing field, guys. Yeah, and and again, I like to do the, the thing. It's like, well, let's get on the same page with our goals and if it's we write down our top three financial goals mm. and then we meet and compare them, there might be one goal that we both share so we're going to attack that one first as a goal. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we save for that? Yeah. Is it we're both contributing? If you one end of the spectrum, we're contributing 20% each of our income. Yep. Or we share our money. So whatever's left is going to that goal. And then I think it's, you know, have very different approaches. Does that mean because I spend every cent, my approach is I need that money out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Or is it, I'm a hardcore saver, as you said a little bit before. Therefore, no, I want that money on the offset account so I can watch it every day and look in every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you know, I've been dealing with so many people like this recently where they are hardcore savers. Like, so normally you're dealing with people who are spending too much and you're trying to like rein that in. Seems to be recently more people are going way the other way. They are crazy savers and they won't touch their money for anything and they're not living. So literally it's about coaching and figuring out how do we make you feel confident enough with your finances that you can go on a holiday. Literally, like we've allocated for it. It's okay to spend the money because we've got all the rest of your financial plan sorted in terms of you're going to get into the house. You're going to do this. wake up dead. Live your best life. You just got to live, guys. Like It's about balance, Glenn. Love, love the balance. So, <laughs> so I think, Samantha, it is about often communication is the problem and solution. So mm-hmm. if we need some communication lubricant, yep. a.k.a. wine, yeah, certainly do that. And then just maybe if you both wrote three, and I'm very like, right, I need it on paper to get it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, instead of writing three goals each, okay, if we can both write two or three strategies each of how we're going to achieve that goal and then maybe mesh them. Yes, I love that. Yep. Like, and, okay, call me crazy. Go on. 
You're crazy. Yeah, thank you. What if, if there was the hardcore saver and the hardcore spender mm-hmm. and we had, and I'll just make a number up, $500 free per month, mm-hmm. half of that money goes into the savings account on the offset, mm-hmm. half of it goes out of sight, out of mind. Yep. So we've kind of pacified both persons itch. Yep. Or one of you just needs to stop being a stubborn little so-and-so and just get on with it. Yep. Do it. Just do <laughs> yeah. it. So, Dive in. So that's that's cool. And there's no right way. And then failing that, I would be booking some ca- some couples counseling. Yeah, you, honestly, if it is that often bad. there could be an underlying trust mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've seen. And I've actually told clients when they've sat down in front of me, I'm not qualified to help you because you've come to me with an issue that actually is not a money issue. It's deeper than that. Yes. Yeah. Because money isn't the problem. Yeah, exactly. And you're you're trying to solve a deep problem with money solutions. Yeah. You might be blaming money, but it's something a lot deeper. Absolutely. And even like, you know, the clients, they call up and it's like, well, none of yours because you've got all perfect clients, Mm -hmm. but oh, I can't afford my $50 a month trauma premium. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you earn 120 grand, you can afford it. Yep. What the actual problem is, they're not managing their money week on week Mm -hmm. and they're looking for a solution. Yes, they're looking for something to blame. Oh, if I can just cancel Mm -hmm. um, one, the Netflix account and the life insurance or trauma insurance. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll feel My good life will be I've, better. I've done something. Yeah. I've reduced costs. But the thing is they're not actually addressing their behavior because if yeah, you actually looked at it, you go through their statement, it is boozy nights out, like yeah. amazing they, time at Alice McCall. Or they just do not have a money system in place. Yeah. Yes. Automate it. Automate. Automate. So don't fix the problem by fixing the symptom. Yeah. Yes. Do doctors do that sometimes? Yeah. Well, they say, okay, so you've got a throbbing headache, take some Panadol, but if... Why do I have a headache? Yeah, why do we have a headache? Yeah, because I've got a shit pillow. Yeah. I'm spending my money on booze, not on good pillows. I get so excited with good pillows. I have to admit, good linen, I'm all about it. All about it. Oh, he's John. Hang on. Hey, mate, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Quick question. What's your view yeah. on the Sydney property market and cycle at the moment? Uh, yes, it's a bit of a holding pattern. It's an interesting one because, um, well, housing markets are very different from apartments, so I'll just talk housing. The lack of stock means that property prices aren't going backwards. They're actually progressing forward slowly. Yeah, right. And what about uh, apartments? Apartments um, oversupplied in a lot of suburbs. Ride and a few of those close to the CBD, but yeah, apartments not the market to get into. Yeah, right. Sweet. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, who's asking? Oh, just a listener. Um, I'm actually recording Hi. an episode right now with Sammy. You don't know her. Hi, John. Hi, Sammy. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks Thanks for your input. You saved me answering a question. <laughs> where, where are you? In um, Melbourne. Where are we? Oh, South Melbourne. South Melbourne. South Melbourne. Yeah. Beautiful part of the world. Yeah, just caught up with Welly, so. Uh, yeah, how is the big dog? Yeah, he's good. Anyway, I don't want to have to edit all this out, so <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Oh, this is actually still live. Yeah, we're yeah, live. I, I've shoved the microphone into the phone. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah. All right. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. There you go. <laughs> Lucky well, we've on the that. fly. There we've you go. that question, Hong. He's got a free property clarity call right there. Basically. Boom. Yeah, there's some clarity you for you. You are welcome, Don't Hong. Don't touch an apartment in Sydney. Sheena, whether putting money towards investments, e.g. shares, is a good idea to help you save for a deposit for a first home. I want to live in a few more countries before I settle and I'm tossing up whether this is a good option for me over the next five to seven years. Now, this is interesting because it's it's really two questions mm. within the question, right? Absolutely. So, the first one, um, whether investments are a good vehicle over a five to seven year time frame. Like shares. Like shares. Now, everything that, that we see, obviously, depending on, on your risk profile, appetite, blah, 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 blah. But in theory, 100% that, that is an awesome time frame to, to start investing, whether you're doing it regularly, lump sum, anything like that, because you have time up your sleeve, right? On the back end of that, you're going to be living overseas. So um, I just wonder if you've considered, I guess, the, the tax considerations on those investments while you're overseas, depending where you're going. Are you going to be earning income? Are you just going to be living your best life? It just depends. I mean, are you originally from Australia? Don't know. Mm, yeah, don't we know. don't know. We don't know. And I would actually say as well, you know, you do want to live overseas for the next five to seven years. We just want to make sure with our strategy that once money's committed to an investment, mm-hmm. that we don't actually need to sell it within yes. that five to seven years because yep. there's no point if I've, you've got 30 grand or whatever it is pumping that and then a year later it's like, oh, crap, we need a bond for our – apartment in London yeah. and I need to sell down 10 grand. Yeah. It could be a, a bad time in the market. Or I love London and I want to live there for good. Yeah. So there's those elements. But strictly speaking, I'll probably as a first port of call, and I'm not saying to, to, to do this because it would be irresponsible for me to tell someone to do anything. <laughs> but I want you to consider the first home super saver scheme, which is basically the Australian government allows you to put up to 15 grand a year into super as a personal contribution with a total of $30,000, okay? Now, it's basically a way to flush money through a tax-effective environment and I think the maximum amount of tax you can save is about five grand. So, you can just search, you know, ATO, First Home for Super Savings Scheme. That could be an option. If you were hell-bent on buying your first home to live in, yeah, then this you, is- would, you need to look at how do you save tax and money faster and it is the super scheme so check that out another way might be if you're unsure if your plans you know in five to seven years is a long time i'm probably the more i think about this i'm not sure if i would be using the super saver scheme it's pretty restrictive it's just because five years down the road is a long time and what if your plans change and and now it's no longer a home, it's, it's a wedding, it's kids. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, so within all that, I think we need to go, hey, yes, we've factored in an emergency fund mm-hmm. or a cash buffer in our life. And I keep saying this, but the only reason I keep saying it is because we need to keep hearing it, me included, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we go, okay, well, we've legitimately got X amount that needs to be invested because we don't have any intention of touching this for at least five years. So, it's probably like a share portfolio or an exchange-traded mm-hmm. fund, like a Vanguard fund or yep. something pretty vanilla and basic. And but a bit of perfect spot, 
right? Set, set, for a set and forget, if you're out totally. traveling the world, you are not going to want to. Well, we're not trading. We're yeah, not exactly. being the wolf of Wall Street. Make, make your life easier. Yeah, and then maybe if you are working overseas, which I presume you would be doing, if you are building up surplus income, it is a, okay, do I take that income back to Australia and invest it? Mm-hmm. Or do I just build up surplus income in cash the closer we get to that five-year mm-hmm. line? So, I mean, it's a great question. I yeah. mean, the only other thing you could do, and again, we don't have any information, like if your income's good at the moment, there could be an argument to, and if you do have some cash savings, and again, we're making assumptions here, before you pull the plug and go traveling, could you get an investment property? which means setting up a loan and buying an investment property while you're going overseas because less temptation to sell it when you're away. But, again, the ducks just need to align. Yeah. Oh, 100% it depends what you're buying. If, it, if it's, you know, got growth, are you actually – and how quickly are you leaving? If you're buying your first home, then you want to make the most of um, all of the schemes out there. you kind of got to hang around for mm. a little while. To yeah, make totally. that happen. But yeah, no, I think there's a lot of considerations that go into that. But face value, five to seven years, perfect time frame to start investing, like Glenn said, and mm. an and easy index managed fund would be a great place for you to, to house some money while you're overseas. Yeah, and that could be like a managed fund that is, say, for example, Vanguard has mm-hmm. a managed fund and you can just set it up and put money in per month yep. and you don't get paid a uh, – a brokerage type fee, mm-hmm. or you can set up your own share trading account, which might be, you know, with one of the share trading platforms like E-Trade, ComSec, SelfWealth, all the, the good platforms. I personally, full disclosure, have a SelfWealth platform um, and you can just invest the money manually, but it's not set up if you want a regular investment thing happening. Yeah, but this doesn't look like a regular no, one, does it? No, I think it? it's just a bit of a uh, park car park for money. Yeah, seems like it. So, yeah, I think just be considered, write down some pros and cons on paper of investing over the next five years. Yep. And, yeah, just make sure you you don't leave yourself short. 100%. Now, just on to Hong's thing, like John did answer that. I think we've got to realise whether you're in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Brisbane – Darwin, Adelaide, Canberra, Hobart. Am I running out of states no, and territories? We've, we've nailed it. There could be sub-markets within, within each of those regions. Now, yes, there is an oversupply of apartments in the city. So, that doesn't necessarily matter to me. And again, John's the property guy. But if I wanted to buy an apartment to live in, I'm not necessarily caring as much. As much. As much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, no... I work in the CBD, I want an apartment within 10 minutes of the CBD, mm-hmm. I need to pay rent, I may as well own it so I can paint the wall. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the lifestyle play can trump the hard cost strategy play. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can sit on this for so long waiting for apartment prices um, in, in Sydney to be more affordable or to get a boom. Or But the thing is, is you might have bought two years ago. Mm. But you've been sitting on this decision for so long and you might have wasted, you know, a lot of rent or anything like that. If, if you're still in the same position, you're still wanting to buy in the same place. You've just Totally. Yeah. And, and the whole thing with the, the defects going around, like, yes, it does happen, but it's not as crazy as 
like there's been two huge cases that were public on the news and maybe a couple of other little ones, but I think it's just about doing your due diligence with strata reports and everything like that. Yeah. And if you are buying brand new, uh, look and research the builder and the developer mm-hmm. just to see their track record. Yeah. Uh, buy premium if you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. I mean, look, there are, in my opinion, a lot of cons to purchasing new apartments in the city or anything like that. But I completely also on the flip side, understand that that is the price point. Do you know, for a lot of people, this is the price point. Um, So you shouldn't take it off the table completely. If that is, if that is your starting point, then have a chat with John and and figure out the best way to do it. Yeah. And remember this, there's, if you own an apartment, there are strata fees. Mm -hmm. So it could be $1,600 every three months Mm -hmm. to help pay for the person who comes and takes the bins out, the person who, blow vacs the common areas and mops the elevator mm-hmm. lobbies and all that. So I've seen, yeah, a lot of people when they're doing their projection as to whether they can afford properties, do not take that into account. And then it hurts a lot more than you expect. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but anyway, Sam, thanks for having a chat. Thanks for having me. Now just, um, what are you seeing? Bit of street talk, Ooh. you know, some of your members mm-hmm. that uh, you coach mm-hmm. at Pursue Wealth. What a, what are some of their goals and aspirations that you've been seeing with some of these Melbourneites? Mm, property, always property, property, property. Um, but alongside that in Melbourne, it's about how to get your property, but also how to make sure that I'm still going out for my coffees, right? The The next big one that we're seeing is weddings. Ooh. So many people, but they like the conversation has changed, right? People aren't necessarily wanting to come in and, or they start the conversation wanting a $60,000 wedding. But then when we say, cool, but every other goal that you have is now getting pushed out four, five, six years because of this, it quickly changes. Mm -hmm. And so I think more people are super willing to go down to town hall or had to have like a party or... I think the micro weddings are such a good thing. Yes, so good. The older I get, the less I'm inclined to spend 30 grand on a freaking wedding. Nah, honeymoon all the way for me. I know. I'd yep. rather drop the money. It's like, go somewhere awesome. Yeah. All right. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. This podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options, or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au Thanks to Jess Knaus, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.